Because we did two huge trade podcasts with Bill for the NBA deadline, the NBA deadline. Uh, this podcast will be a little brief, but I'm going to give you my Super Bowl picks. I'm going to preview it with Troy Aikman. He's going to tell some great stories from his days with the Cowboys. He's always a lot of fun when we have him on. Uh, we'll take a look at Mahomes. He'll talk Purdy with us as well. And trying to balance being who you are and surprising the opponent as you game plan for the biggest game in the country. And life advice. Enjoy the Super Bowl. This episode is presented to you by Lululemon. The perfect pants do exist, and you can get them at Lululemon. The men's ABC pants are shockingly comfortable and breathable, and they come in tons of different styles and fabrics, all made to make you look and feel good. Whether you're in the office, at the gym, cheering in the stands, or just relaxing at home, these pants are in a league of their own. Buy a pair today at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Honda. Honda is committed to achieving carbon neutrality by 2050. And the Prologue EV is their latest innovation in that journey. The Prologue is all the great things you expect from Honda in an EV. As an SUV, the Prologue comes with class-leading passenger space, with intuitive features and clean, thoughtful design. The Prologue is more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Before we break down the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and 49ers with three-time Super Bowl winner Troy Aikman, I'll give you my pick and my thoughts, a little history, and how I came to my conclusion. It's not super complicated. I'm picking the Chiefs because I just can't pick against Mahomes a third time in the same playoff season. I just can't do it. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Now, if we look at Kansas City and their spreads in previous Super Bowls, their first win against the Niners, they were favored by one. Uh, the next year against Tampa, where they got smoked, they were favored by three. Then it was Rams and Cincinnati. And then last year when they beat Philadelphia, the Eagles were favored by a point and a half. Looking at the line today, as I've been in Vegas, I've seen it either two and a half or two. Of course, San Francisco favored. So we've had 57 Super Bowls. How about these numbers? These guys are good at this. There were no totals so there was no over under play for the first super bowl so we've had 56 super bowls with a total that you could bet on uh it's 28 and 28 on over unders favorites are 28 and 26 with two pushes and one pick them in there so <laughs> you dig through it and you're like hey i wonder how well the favorite has done over the years uh, i wonder how well the dogs have done three straight dogs have covered uh, that includes Cincinnati plus the four and a half and their loss against LA 23 to 20. So if we look at Kansas City and who they've been this season, we know that the offense has been a big part of the story because you're like, this is not what we expected. And certain losses this season where you think, can I actually write this team off, especially with well as Baltimore had played and some of the other teams were still flirting with Buffalo had their own issues and turned things around. We love Miami for a little while. I even flirted with the idea of Jacksonville, which I immediately regretted and tried to retract as soon as I possibly could. Cincinnati had their issues because of injuries. So the AFC at the top, it just felt like you're always worried about the Chiefs, but there were just a lot of momentum stories that made you think, well, how much longer can I keep buying into this team that is not even close to being the same they, as they were uh, offensively in the Super Bowl seasons and even another season when they lost to Cincinnati? So if you look at their Super Bowls, the first one, they were fifth in points scored. The second one, they were sixth in points scored. Their third one, they were first in points scored. And this year, they're 15th in points scored. So a completely different team. Also, 12 and 4, 14 and 2, 14 and 3, but this year with six losses. We know the defense is a big reason why they're even here. Let's look at the losses because when I went through these and remember watching every one of these games, 
you just saw things that on paper you'd be like, all right, Mahomes got the ball late in the game. That's probably a wrap. Well, it didn't really work out that way for much of the season. First week against Detroit, this is what had to happen for Kansas City to lose this many games, by the way. First week against Detroit, they lose. No Kelsey, no Chris Jones. They're down 21-20 on downs. Uh, there was also a pick six off of Kadarius Tony on a tip pass. So you get a pick six. Those two guys aren't there. And yet, Kansas City still had the football with a chance late, and then they turn over on downs. That's number one in one of their six losses. Denver, week eight, five turnovers. Mahomes had the flu. His QB rating of 59.1 is the second lowest of his career. So that was a bunch of factors. No late down situation there because they got smoked because of the five turnovers. Week 11, they lose to Philadelphia. Philadelphia at that point had clinched. Well, not clinched, but at that point had the best single record in the NFL. Second and 10, 150 to go. MVS drops a 51-yard touchdown. He was clear. Now, granted, you know, maybe he's tackled at the one or falls down and gets touched, but they're probably winning that game. They turned it over on downs a second time on that last drive there from Mahomes that season. Down 21-17, they lose the game. Green Bay week 13, down 27-19. Mahomes ends up with four incompletions to end the game, but there was a clear pass interference on MVS and this one on a deep shot that may have won it for him. Doesn't matter. They're down eight. They would have had to get the two-point conversion as well. Another game that ends on downs with Mahomes. Buffalo loss. Week 14. Down 20-7. to seven. We know the play. Second and 10. Kelsey laterals to Kadarius Tony for a game-winning touchdown. At least it looks that way. Tony is called for offensive offsides. Everybody loses their mind on that one. So that's another game that ends on downs. And then week 16 against Vegas in that loss, it took two defensive touchdowns there was a late touchdown scored by the Chiefs to make it better from 20 and, uh, 20 to 7, the score 20 to 14. So the score looks a little bit closer. But the reason I go th- over all of those is that you actually saw something from Mahomes that you're not used to seeing. You'd expect him to deliver maybe in half of the four times they turned it over on downs. The Denver loss is whatever. I mean, Green Bay legitimately beat him except for the pass interference thing. But again, still some other things were going to have to happen. But that's how you look at their six losses. And I know it's very easy for teams, especially ones that have losing records, and the coach comes into camp the next year and goes, oh, you know, we had eight one-score losses. And you're like, yeah, so did like everybody in the entire league. But for Mahomes to not get those things done and to have so many individual things, if you're a Chiefs fan, you go, well, that was weird, and that was weird, and you just keep adding them up. It's how you get to six losses for a team now that I'm going to pick to win the Super Bowl. So the number that scares the hell out of me, though, in picking the Chiefs, is we know that San Francisco loves their zone blocking scheme for their runs and that you have Kittle, who's probably the best blocking tight end, who just seems to love destroying people off of the edge and all the different things that you can do with Debo in motion and Trent Williams, the best tackle in the game, and McCaffrey, who you don't really know what to expect other than to expect it all with the way they want to use him and his versatility. Kansas City is 31st in yards per carry against zone runs. So you'd imagine they're going to try to load the box, counter that, slow it down. Maybe the Niners are looking to have some ball control here to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Uh, But that would mean the cornerbacks are going to just have to man up the entire game and win their matchups. And they have the corners to do that. So the number that makes me feel good is if you look at Kansas City as they close the season against Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Adams, those four receivers, all number one options, all at the top of the list for the best receivers in the game, had a combined 12 receptions for 128 yards. Kansas City allowed the fourth fewest yards this season to receivers in the league. 
You could come at me with the Zay Flowers numbers, five catches, 115, but the 30-yard touchdown was a weird play, and then a busted coverage on the 54-yard completion to him, and that was the one where he actually got hit with the penalty, although his day would get worse. San Francisco has felt like the best team all season long. I picked him this summer to make it to the Super Bowl to face the Bills. I was wrong on the AFC side. I just, I guess I don't want to pick Mahomes every single year, even though I feel like I'm probably going to. Uh, basically, San Francisco took three weeks off in October. Baltimore handed him an ass kicking. That game was so dominant for the Ravens that you almost just kind of chalk it up to going, all right, this was the premier matchup, and Baltimore absolutely handled them. But are you really going to get five interceptions if they were to play each other again in the Super Bowl? Like if it was Baltimore sitting here this week, I might even pick San Francisco just because it's football. And at this level, I don't think that game's going to play out that way if you played it a hundred more times. But I can't tell if San Francisco being down in both playoff games to Detroit and Green Bay is something that's good for Purdy and this team. There's a lot of pieces left from the last time they matched up. But for Purdy, who clearly wasn't there, and it was Garoppolo when they played in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and lost late. Is that that scar building that I talk about in pro sports where you have to kind of go through stuff and get those scars to prove how much tougher you can be? Is that a good thing or is it a sign that San Francisco isn't really as dominant as I have felt they are throughout the season with just ass kickings that they've handed out to some of the better teams in the league? I still think San Francisco is really good, okay? But Mahomes has mentally dominated me these last couple of weeks. The Bills thing was a bit of, hey, it's the Bills time and you picked him. Baltimore, I changed my mind on that game all week long. And then I came down to, look, Miami didn't have enough guys defensively. Baltimore, or excuse me, Buffalo was missing so many people on that side of the football. Baltimore is the best defense in the league and they have all their dudes. And by the way, that Baltimore defense did an unfathomable thing, getting Kansas City to punt five straight possessions in the second half and shutting them out. We can talk about game planning and trying to run the clock and all that kind of stuff, but that Ravens defense absolutely showed up and it still wasn't enough. So if I'm being really honest about this pick, I don't know that I can go 0 for 3 picking against Mahomes in the same playoffs, but I'm going to be okay. I'll be okay if I get it wrong as opposed to other games. Like there was another game I was thinking about of all the years I've picked the Super Bowl where I remember the Eagles-Pats matchup six years ago. And I was like, Foles against Belichick? And that Pats defense wasn't great by any means. So I knew it was somewhat of a weakness. I was like, is Foles really going to beat Belichick and with Brady on the other side? And then the Eagles put up 538 yards of offense, won that Super Bowl. By the way, if you ever could fathom the Patriots be like yeah they're gonna have 613 yards Brady's gonna throw for over 500 and they're gonna lose a Super Bowl to Nick Foles it's probably one of the most unlikely explanations of a Super Bowl you could ever have as far as the outcome so when I got that one wrong I was like you know what I can live with that like are you kidding they lost that game and that's kind of how I feel with this one Chiefs final score 28-20 Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Okay, let's do it. Four-leg parlay. Just worked on it. Four different theories combined into one. A plus 764 payout. All right. So alternate spread, Chiefs plus seven and a half. That doesn't even feel like it's fair. 
Okay. But what else do we have to do to get that work on that kind of payout? This is the zag theory. This is the zag against everybody. Our own Todd McShay, beginning this week, was talking about the matchup on the ground, saying Pacheco, Pacheco, Pacheco. Everybody's on this Pacheco over six and, uh, 67 and a half rushing yards. Let's go under. Let's zag on it, everybody. All right. What does the film tell us? The film tells us two other things, that Purdy will probably run for over 12 and a half yards. So you with me so far? Chief plus seven and a half under Pacheco's rushing total of 67 and a half. Purdy over 12 and a half rushing yards, which feels like all I got to do is get one on third down. And I'm in the game. And then here's where all the numbers tell you this might be the play. Brandon Ayuk under four and a half catches. The Kansas City Chiefs defensive backs have absolutely shut down top receiving options. It's one of the strengths of this team. It's one of the most impressive numbers that you'll look for any team, for any unit in football this season. The track record is not good especially later on in the season. So Ayuk under four and a half, Purdy over 12 and a half rushing yards, Pacheco under 67 and a half, and plus seven and a half of the Chiefs. That doesn't seem right. $10 bet, $76 plus. That's the play. Okay. FanDuel has so many more ways than just that one for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and as you know, so much more. I've been telling you this all season. If you're new to FanDuel, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets when you win your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N, to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Ryan. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com forward slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Joining us now, just before the Super Bowl, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, and Monday Night Football voice, Troy Aikman. Thanks for joining us, Troy. What's up? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. So I think I've asked a version of this question about 100 times in all the years I've worked with people that have played in Super Bowls, and you get talked about, like, I oh, yeah, the preparation, what's the week like? But, you know, when you look at Mahomes now playing in his fourth one, like, how different was it for you having one under your belt? You know, having one and kind of understanding what it was like and walking out of the tunnel, taking the field in the biggest game of the year. Well, I, I think that's the that's the advantage that Patrick Mahomes and those that have played in the Super Bowl before have. Um, you know, does that tilt uh, the playing field? I, I don't think so. My first Super Bowl, we didn't have but a couple of guys who had really had even much playoff experience, and we were going against a Buffalo team that had played in the two prior Super Bowls, and, and obviously we were able to win that game. But I think the advantage is that Mahomes goes into this game at least understanding what that atmosphere is going to be like, what his body is going to be feeling as he goes into the game. And, and for a guy like Brock Purdy, you know, I mean, he's handled everything well up to this point, but yet it is a different atmosphere and it's a different game. As, as much as you want to say, hey, it's just like any other game, it, it's not. And the players know that. You can say that all you want, but they understand that. They're there all week. They're around the hype. They get it. They know that, 
you know, come Sunday night, there's going to be a quarterback and there's going to be a team that is going to realize a, a childhood dream. And for Mahomes, he gets to do it again. It would be his third. Uh, and I think that's the exciting part as you prepare during the week is knowing that within just a few more days, uh, what you've worked so hard for, you have a chance to figure out whether or not your efforts were good enough and, and if you achieved it. This might be an impossible question to even answer because it's just your reality. But I mean, do you even have you ever allowed after your playing career to think of like, man, what would it have been like if I'd never even gotten one? I, you know what? I can't imagine. I, I really can't, uh, you know, because, right. you know, when, I, when I was playing, there was a time where teams that had won the Super Bowl really struggled the following year and they called it the Super Bowl hangover. And now it seems like it's more the team that loses that, that struggles more. But I never understood that after we won our first Super Bowl, because the feelings are so amazing. It's unlike, it's indescribable. I mean, it's unlike anything else that you experience in life. Uh, the only thing that really compared to it for me was the birth of my children. And so when you experience something that feels that good, man, you want to go back and you want to do it again and again and again. And so, uh, you know, they get a chance to, to see what they're all about. Uh, and those, those guys, you know, I, I think of a guy like Dan Marino who, you know, made it to the Super Bowl, but for as much as he contributed to the NFL and his place in history to and, and gave so much to not have experienced what it was like to leave that field uh, having won a Super Bowl. I, I hate it for all those players that didn't get a chance to do that. But you do have a little smile on your face as as you say it. Well, I say I say know, Dan Marino, <laughs> you know, Jim Kelly, I, I beat him twice and he lost four in the Super Bowl. And I hate it for Jim, too. You know, there's others. Yeah, I mean, not at the expense of me losing one. I, I, I don't want that. But it just, it, if you've never felt it, you, you really don't know what you're missing. And, and there's a lot of players, a lot of great players that have given so much to the game that, that haven't had that opportunity. When we look at Mahomes, you know, it's still early in his career, despite some of the lofty conversations that we have him in. And the idea that I've, I've, I think a couple of weeks ago, I'd said, that I'm open to the idea that he could potentially catch Brady's resume, which still seems impossible. But just his ability, you know, you've played the position at the highest level. His ability, like what, what list is he on for you as far as just pure talent at the position? Well, as someone who played the position, I, I, I have an appreciation for how hard it is. And, you know, he... I think the great ones were able to do that. I think of a guy like Joe Montana, who, you know, was almost like a, a ballerina in the pocket. You know, he made everything just look effortless. And, and, and Mahomes kind of has that ability as well, that he just looks like he, he doesn't look like he's exerting as much effort as everyone else. Like he's just, he understands it and, and is playing at a little bit of a different level. And I think that what I see of Patrick is that, in the most critical moments, the game really seems to slow down uh, more for him. And he just has a patience and a calm in the pocket and is able to put the ball. He's got so much confidence in his ability to put the ball wherever he wants to. And he gives his receivers an opportunity to make a play. I mean, even in the AFC championship game, time after time, he just lays the ball and and, and depends on his players being able to adjust and, and make plays. And he puts it where only his guy can get to it. And, 
it's pretty remarkable. And, and I know there's a lot of conversation about where does Patrick rank and where will he rank when it's all said and done compared to Tom Brady. And it's, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I know when I was playing, the thought of winning four Super Bowls uh, or five to pass Bradshaw and Montana, you know, seemed insurmountable. And then, you know, of course, Brady was able to win seven. And, and it's hard to imagine that anyone will be able to do that. But, you know, my guess is at some point in time in history, somebody will. And, and Patrick Mahomes has as good of an opportunity as anybody. But I also know that it, it doesn't just continue. You know, it, 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 like when we won our third Super Bowl, I did not think for a second that that was the end for us. And yet we, we kind of went off the cliff, you know, a year later and we were done. I mean, our run was over. And so it usually ends before you realize it's ending. And, you know, you'd think with Mahomes that he'll continue to be uh, a contender. But again, you just never know. What's the list of just when you watch somebody throw the football where you're amazed? Like, I, I think Elway's always kind of on it. Um, Marino with the release. I think Rodgers on some of the velocity throws and he throws in the red zone. You know, just that throw is so hard for even the best quarterbacks. Like, how long is the list that I think Mahomes is also on? Uh, I, it's, uh, I mean, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the guys that you mentioned and, and those that played, guys I watched growing up, guys I competed against, uh, Elway, Marino, uh, Jim Kelly, Warren Moon. Uh, you know, there's a lot of them. Uh, but I, I probably am not as impressed. Uh, I'm not as easily impressed, I guess is a better way of saying it, is what, you know, maybe some, some others are. I, I think... I think arm strength is vastly overrated. What usually, what usually impresses me, one, is I like the guy who is not worried about his own stats, to, just wants to win. And, and you can tell. I mean, you can tell when you hear their comments. You can hear when players make comments after games as to where their heart really is. Do they really just want to win? Or, yeah, they want to win, but really it has more to do with whatever their numbers are. And so that's what I admire most in the quarterbacks that I respect. And, and then the other part of that is that the ability to put the ball where you want to put it. And it's not easy. I've always felt that if you made a list of the, of the criteria that's important to play the position, number one on that list for me is accuracy. Because you can, you can be tough. You can have a great arm. You can be smart. You can, you can be everything else. But if you can't put the ball where you want to put it, Nothing else matters. I mean, your job is to throw the football and get it to the people who can who can make plays for you. So that's number one. And the guys that are able to do that, uh, I have a real appreciation for. And both these guys uh, can do that, that are playing in this game. I think because of Purdy's profile, you'll see the wins. And then at one point with the stats, you're like, I, I guess he's going to win MVP. And then I think because of the talent of the roster with the Niners and the fact that you know Shanahan is so well respected with his system and what he does as far as his his play calling, um, it, it's maybe because it's too new with Purdy Troy. Where you know if he gets this one this weekend, it's like oh, okay, now we're allowed to all say he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But how do you view him? Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't. I hope they do. I, I don't know that they will because he's done an awful lot already, and it's it's what you have to overcome when you're taken in the seventh round. And, and, and that's, that's what he's fighting. Now, if he wins a Super Bowl and then he wins another Super Bowl, I think slowly, you know, that facade goes away and then people start to recognize him for what 
you know, he really is. But there's no question in my mind that if he were a first round pick, we would be talking about him far differently than we're talking about him right now. And there's no doubt that he's got really good players around him. And if you're going to win in the NFL, you, you have to have that. Joe Montana had that. Terry Bradshaw had that. I had that. And I think a lot of times you overlook just how good a lot of these players are that make up this roster. But there's no doubt that he's got a lot of good players around him. But when you watch him, you can see that he puts the ball where he has to put it and he makes plays you know, when he needs to make them. And so I hear it. He's a game manager. Uh, I don't agree with the term. But I think when you say that, you, you don't appreciate the key third down throws and the things that a quarterback has to do to sustain a drive and to score points. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy's. I, I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's wired right. He wants to win. His team comes first. I mean, all the things that we just talked about a moment ago, I feel that he possesses. I've had a career-long obsession with trying to figure out this position. You know, we had Dominique Foxworth on recently, and he was just like, look, the stuff that Peyton Manning did before the snap was why he was Peyton Manning. He's like, the rest of the stuff, the throwing and the accuracy and all those things are great. He's like, but what he would get us to do in a playoff game defensively and then just give it away, you know, and he goes, that's the part that I admit, like when I'm watching, as long as I've watched this sport, it's still really hard for us that didn't play the position to truly understand the difference. Like we can look at 300 yards and a couple touchdowns and be like, oh, I guess that guy's awesome. And I'm sure you see it a little differently. And I don't mean to, to like, you know, call out a Mitch Trubisky, but I remember when you called that Bears Saints game and I really enjoyed that you were like looking at the score, game time and situation and kind of looking at the way Trubisky was throwing the football and you were like, hey man, like we need we need to start raising the level of risk essentially. I imagine you noticed that with almost everybody on Sunday, correct? Yeah, and and I think that you know, we're in this fantasy world, uh fantasy football. And 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 I get it. You know, the, I mean the fans that are playing, they they they're about touchdowns and yards and and all those things, but I could name quarterbacks, I'm not going to, that that could that were on teams that could have won and could have won big. But they didn't understand how to play the position. And what I mean by that is not every situation is the same. And if you've got a, if you, if you're down 12 points in the late in the third, you play differently as a quarterback than you do if you're up four points, you know, in the same point in the game. Uh, if your defense is playing great and you've got a one possession lead and you're in the red zone, then a field goal is a big deal and you're not taking chances with the football. And so, you you go into a game with an idea as to what you're going to have to do. If I'm Brock Purdy, I would go into this game thinking, you know, we'll see how things unfold, but there's a chance we're going to have to be able to score some points. You know, this this quarterback and this offense is capable of getting hot. And then you wait and you see how it goes. And then as the game goes along, you adjust what you're thinking. And on third downs, depending on what all is happening with the score, how your defense is playing, how are you playing, how are guys, are they getting open, what's the defense, all of those things, that then affects what you're doing yourself and who you're trying to get the ball to and how much risk you're willing to take. And so I watch it and I see, a, I see some quarterbacks that, that go out and play every play as though it's, it's the first play of the game and, and sling it all over the place. And that's not how you win football. 
And Tom Brady, the reason he has won more football games than anyone, one, he, 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 played, he played a long time. But I watched him on teams in New England when they couldn't block anybody. And he would not take a sack in the game. Would not take a sack. And then you get to the fourth quarter and you give yourself a chance to make a play and win a game. That's winning football. And there's a lot of other quarterbacks you could put on some of those teams. They wouldn't have come close to accomplishing what they accomplished with Tom at quarterback. Yeah, and I completely agree. And I, I love that moment because I think, you know, I, I understand the job and you don't want to be negative, but it was just such a, a great moment for me at home and everybody else that was at home listening to somebody like you who played the position just going like, eh, okay, like this is kind of what I need. And it's something I always kind of look for um, because of moments like that when you're teaching us. Um, yeah, thank you. I want to I, I want to talk prep here a little because, you know, you're on these Cowboys teams, you're really good. So it's not like you want to change who you are, but you also realize that they have all this extra prep time for you, depending on whether it was Buffalo or it's Pittsburgh or something like that. How do you balance going, let's not deviate too much from, from, from what yeah. we've done to get here but let's also realize that they're really good and they're really smart and they have all this extra prep. Like, how do you balance staying true to who you are with also wanting to maybe throw a wrinkle in there that they're not expecting? Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and 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 you do run that risk, and and you you run that risk in the regular season when you have a bye week, and yet the what's at stake's not quite what's at stake when you're going into a Super Bowl, so. The way most teams did it, it's the way we did it, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying it's the way all teams continue to do it, is you have that bye week, and so you put in the offense. If you've got any new wrinkles, you put it in, and you work on those things while you're at your facility during that off week, and you go to the host site, in this case Las Vegas, and you've got a pretty good feel for what this game plan is, and you know like every week, there's going to be a few different wrinkles you're going to see defensively, and you're going to have a few different wrinkles offensively as well. But you really, you've got to be careful in trying to, in trying to put in some things that give you a chance and then not allowing the players to just go play. Because this element that we talked about earlier, you don't know how players are going to react in the Super Bowl. You just don't, especially the ones that are handling the football. And it's what I enjoy most about watching the Super Bowl is how do, you know, for this game, I'm not worried about Patrick because, as we mentioned, the games he's played in and the Super Bowls he's played in. But I'm interested in watching Brock Purdy early in this game and how he throws the ball. And is he on target? You know, does he show any nerves? Can you see that uh, as a viewer? Uh, but but that's that's the balance that I think all coaches have to weigh and they all do. Uh, as to how much are we going to put in in order to give us a few chances that we might not otherwise have without overloading and getting away from who we really are. Were you ever surprised? Maybe it doesn't even have to be a Super Bowl because I know the first two got a little uh, aggressive on the point differential there, but I don't know if there's an NFC game, maybe against the Niners or something where you were like, okay, you're coming back to the sideline after a couple series going, wow, I didn't expect this. Uh, well, I will say the uh, the first Super Bowl that we were in uh, – you know, we got down early uh, and we were young. We were the youngest team in football. And I mean, everyone was losing their minds. I mean, that we couldn't get, I mean, we couldn't get lined up. We knew what the first 20 plays were on Friday. We couldn't get lined up. I mean, it was, it was, there was a lot of adrenaline and a lot of emotion, you know, and, and I thought, 
I remember going to the sidelines and it was like a bad dream initially. And I, and if you, if someone had told me right then that this game's going to end in a blowout, I would have said, no doubt we're on the receiving end of the blowout, you know, because it was, it was not good. Uh, so that, you know, obviously we were able to regroup and, and, and pull it together. I will say that, I don't know if this was your question, but we used to watch San Francisco film every week. Uh, Norv Turner, our offensive coordinator, in, in order, because they were so good offensively with Steve Young at quarterback, that we would see if there was any plays they were running that fit what we were doing offensively. You can't just say, well, this team's doing this and it works, and then put it in your own offense, because it doesn't always match up with what you're doing as an offense. But there was a play that San Francisco had run uh, in in the divisional round in the playoffs and they were throwing the ball to Ricky waters and they would run these routes down the field. Ricky waters would come out of the backfield. They'd hit him and they were getting big gains out of it. So we liked the play. In fact, we liked it so much. We put it in, in the NFC championship game that week to go against San Francisco's defense, because what they were doing was similar to the defense that 49ers had faced the week before. We put it in in our second NFC Championship game, and Emmett Smith had a huge game catching the ball, uh, and and it was great. I mean, and so, you know, we cherry pick plays. We do some things that that kind of work, but I don't even know if anyone in San Francisco even knew that that's what we had done. But their play that we had seen the week before worked really well for us against their defense, and it helped us win the game. So the last Super Bowl question I have for you is. Because I was going through the the game logs and and clearly the first one, like I had forgotten it was nine total turnovers for Buffalo. That's that's a lot. Uh as, a lot. as the listeners can present <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, and then you you get up 30, 13 in the second one. All right. So if you go to the Pittsburgh one, because they had moved the football, all right. You're up 2017, you take a sack on second down, it's third and 17, it's incomplete. Was there any moment up 2017 with him getting the ball back where you're like, wait? Like, is, is, are we in trouble here? No is that perhaps the, the only second half stress you've ever had in your Super Bowl career? Yeah, we were, uh, we, we jumped up on them 10 nothing, and things were rolling along pretty good. You know, they were, they were struggling. Neil had thrown an interception early in that game, and we had taken a lead. Uh, it, 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 it was going as we had hoped. And then they started to mount this comeback. They, had a, they kicked an onside kick after they scored after, after one. They got the ball, and then the terrible towels came out. Prior to that, we really thought it was predominantly a Cowboy fan fan base there at the stadium. And then all of a sudden, the terrible towels come out, and it felt like there were no Cowboys fans. <laughs> it felt like it was all Steelers. And I remember thinking, holy cow, I mean, we're in a real dogfight. And if, if you know, Larry Brown was the MVP of that game, and he got then his second interception in the fourth quarter, and had he not have made that interception, I'm I'm not certain we win that game. I mean, they had all the momentum, and I know the I know the analytics says momentum's not a thing. It's a thing, and it was in that game. And so, yeah, uh, a mistake uh, by Neil and their offense uh, allowed us to win the game. But that would have that that uh, the, the end of that game would have looked a lot different and i would have been curious to see how that might have ended if they had been able to keep possession of the ball and and seeing what that drive uh how it ended right and then emmett two plays later into the end zone and, yeah. and the rest is history before we let you go uh we talked to you a year ago about um eight elite light logger 
again, it's it's a year later. And by the way, the branding and the image and the can and everything, like you, you've done a terrific job with this. And I'm a I'm a light beer drinker. I don't like the the crazy fancy stuff, but you found a way to take something a guy like me likes and make it the highest quality product. What's yeah. it been like a year later since we talked? It, it's been fantastic. And I, I had just hired a, a, a an amazing talent uh, to run things. And he, he, he's been incredible. Dave, David Rennie. Uh, it's light beer made right. And, you know, what do I mean by that? And it's what you said that I've been a light beer drinker my entire life as well. And I just felt I felt that it could be done better. And I hit a period of my life to where I, I'm very mindful of what I consume. I, I work out hard. All those, I, I do all the biohacking. I'm a bit obsessed with all that stuff. And I just, I wanted to make a beer that complemented my lifestyle. And so it's 90 calories, 2.6 carbs. It's 100% organic grains, but we don't add any syrups or sugars or rice like all the other light beers. And so it is as clean and as it's a better for you light beer. And yet I know there's people out there who have tried some light beers and they say, wow, this is watered down. It doesn't have really much flavor to it. And yet eight really has a full body flavor and it's amazing. So I'm, 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 I couldn't be more proud of, of the liquid itself. Love the packaging. And we're only in Texas. We are expanding. I can't say exactly where, but it might be a place just north of Texas. And, uh, and that'll be happening in the spring. And so we're really excited. We're continuing to grow. Uh, people that have tried it love it. Uh, and it really complements the, the people like myself who are, who are active and, and want to be able to celebrate life's victories and enjoy those moments and yet not compromise all the hard work and efforts that they put in during the week. Well, I'm really happy for you. And the funniest thing is, you know, as I deal with our bookers being like, okay, you got Troy tomorrow morning, you're ready to go. Okay, no problem. And it's like, if you need more evidence that the phone is listening, as soon as I was talking about you on a text thread, and then I just go to Instagram and it's like for you. And I was getting just, just hit over the head with Aikman workout videos. So, (laughs) you know, I, I was impressed with the goblet squats. I was impressed with oh, yeah. the different incline decline. You know, you were, you were really putting in, you had a soundtrack to it. Good editing crew there. So, uh, keep up the good work, man. Thanks. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Uh, it, it, it means a lot. You know, we're, none of us are getting any younger and it doesn't get any easier, but you know, the slogan for the beer is uh, no shortcuts, no excuses. And it's really been my philosophy in life. I think you've got to put the work in if you're going to be good at anything. That's what I tell my girls who are now in college. They stopped listening to me a few years ago. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud of what the beer represents. And, hey, I'm just trying to keep pace like everybody else. For more information, you go to 8, spell it out, 8beer.com. And uh, keep repping out those 60s, man. That looked like light work for you. <laughs> Thank you, pal. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. This NBA season, Crown Royal is celebrating the loyal fans that show up for every tip-off. I love every tip-off. I love every one of them. And people ask me, hey, are you tipping off tonight? Because they know that's code for, are the games on? And I'll say, yeah, come on over. Bring your kids. I don't care about the audio feed. You can walk in front of the television. Because this time of year, the second half of the NBA, it's about family. And that's one of my favorite things about my life. Crown Royal believes if you live generously, life will treat you royally. Visit crownroyal.com to get ready for tip-off. Please drink responsibly. 
This episode is brought to you by Netflix. A gentleman always opens the door for you, but the gentlemen are just as likely to break it down and stash their drugs inside. The Gentleman, based on Guy Ritchie's award-winning film, is a new Netflix series that follows a whole new cast of criminal lords and ladies slumming it in Britain's criminal underworld. Guns out and pinkies up. Don't miss The Gentleman, now playing only on Netflix. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. The email address, lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. We got Kyle, we got Steve. A bit of a disrupted schedule this week with the trade deadline, which put me to sleep uh, while I was doing it. I taped for over two hours, and I was like, this just, whatever. We'll keep it moving here. Um, fairly relaxed. Vegas is just a little different at this age, and I'm happy for it. I feel better about it. Uh, I'll be back shortly, so not a big deal, not a long trip. Uh, I think everybody else. Back carbone dinners, I heard, right? Back-to-back carbone dinners. Shout out to Nick, and then uh, then Bernie, and then Julie on night two. And I was so, I haven't been that full in a long time, and then they came out with well, look, I mean, we could talk about Carbone all day. I could do a Is it hard to it. get in a Carbone? Because I've now gone to the place right across the hall from that twice. And both times I walked out, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Carbone. It's like a French place. Um, but yeah. Both times I walked out of that French place like, yeah, that was okay. And then I'm like, oh, shit, it's Carbone, like Drake said. So uh, is it hard to get in there? Like, am I not missing out because I probably wouldn't have got in anyway? It's not hard when you're solo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's an episode. Yeah. yeah so the pros and I cons. Mean, normally, There's the pro being alone. There you go. N- normally I can find a way to to get in by myself to sit there. I mean, I've had a couple times where like, I don't know if you'll be able to get a table. And since I'd be staying here, I'd just be like, all right, whatever, I'll just go up nine floors and, and get takeout or something. But uh, I was really looking forward to it. I didn't even tell anybody what I was doing the first night I was here because I was like, I'm just going to go eat there and then I'll I'll adapt after. And I got there. I had the last time I was here for the in-season tournament where I ate there, I was just like, can I have six meatballs and a side of pasta? And the guy's like, well, you're going to eat six by yourself? And I was like, I'm going to try. And I think I got through five and a half and the pasta. But then some guy next to me started like handing me some of his stuff. Like it turns into like a little party at the bar. Like guys are just really friendly. Everybody's so happy to be eating there. And he's like, oh, you got to try some of this. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle would love it. Kyle would. Kyle really would love it. Camaraderie at the bar. People sharing food. Oh, my God. Smoked a cigarette outside once. I don't think you're supposed to smoke in that area, but I saw a different guy doing it. And uh, he had like a cup of water. Um, But it's, 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 it's all like gray areas in Vegas anyway, where you can and can't. But uh, it looks like a good time. I can't even remember the name of that French place, but I hope I don't get tricked into doing it again. And then walking Yeah, no, out, I know exactly what you're like, talking about. Like, fucking carbone. Shit. I did the same thing. So, look, I it was the next night, and then I taped with uh, part of my take, our NBA preview, which will air in March. And <laughs> <laughs> the cat was like, I've never been. I was like, well, we can see if we can get in. And there was a couple seats at the bar. And, you know, I, the guy's been really nice over the years. And so we went with the meatballs. We went with the spicy rigatoni, which doesn't even taste like pasta. It's like candy. It's so oh, fucking God, good. God. A little Caesar made right in front of you. And then um, I was like, let's just keep going here because they have the cauliflower that's 
just dipped in this vinegar thing and it's mm. incredible. The bread's incredible. And then just pepperoni slices just all folded into each other. We're just popping little pepperoni slices. You're waiting for the next thing. So I was like, let's just get the veal parm. Like I always get chicken oh, parm, just get the veal God, parm. Veal parm is awesome. And, and it was on the bone and it was so good. It was actually like softer than chicken. It was incredible how good it was. And then they bring you these that. little like rainbow cake almond cookies, they call them, but they're really, I think, just kind of dipped in Frangelico. And they taste incredible. And then at the end, they were like, hey, here's a slice of lemon cheesecake on top of it. Like, thanks for coming in. And I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat it. I was like, you know, you do that cheesecake bite at the back end where you're just like, I want to hammer as much crust as I can. So, so veal parm is the only thing I think I, I feel guilty about eating for kind of obvious reasons, but fucking a man veal when veal parm is like, right. There's just nothing better on an Italian menu than veal parm. Like, I'm sorry. It just, it's so you really incredible. do feel bad about it. I kind of do. Cause it's, you know, it's, do you put the napkin over your head. Like Tom, I don't, I don't, I just think about it. I think sometimes I think about what just I'm eating and I'm like, this, this kind of sucks, but it's so freaking good. So it's got to taste yeah. better than that deep fried bird. Those guys were eating. Uh, yeah. Greg, great acting from Greg in that scene. I know. The best is that he had to eat with his grandfather before. <laughs> yes. Full yes. stomach. And it was the worst looking Asian food ever. Oh, it was terrible. It was so gross. God, his grandfather sucked. Yep. Principled guy, though. Principled yeah. guy. Didn't like, how, how is it that my money's the first portion to Greenpeace? I do, how would that even work? <laughs> All right. Let's get to some emails here. Uh, by the way, that, that night I ended up hanging out with, uh, guess who's a huge fan of the pod? We're going to have him on. Are you okay. Guess, guessing window closed. Shannon Crowder. All right. Like not as much excitement for that <laughs> as, as I was. Now my dog started barking and ruined the moment, but no, uh, you did tell me that it is kind of off brand. I do kind of like that. Valentine's day right around the corner. So we do have one here. Uh, that's fairly specific. Might be my lane. Medium time listener. Love the honesty. 6'4", 255. Basketball comp is Dirk. I love the one-leg baseline fadeaway, and I'm white, so I've heard Dirk yelled on the court when I play pickup in NYC. All right. <laughs> Trying to do more. like a black guy. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like black Dirk. That would be incredible. That's, that's such an incredible comp. I know. Black guy would be like, I'm a lot like Alex Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just never happens. Like yeah. whenever, post-Dirk, it was out of control. Anybody that was six... 11 and could shoot and was international was Dirk. And if you were six, eight, you were Peja. It was like the laziest shit ever just on and on. But I still don't know that we've done any better with it. No, I no. am always, whenever I'm doing draft prep, I'm always trying to figure out, like try to come up with three black players that remind you of white guys. And I, I don't even know if I've ever gotten a three. Okay, let's go. Um, I'm a big points guy. So I found a sweet deal to go skiing in France and figure I'd swing by Venice and Vienna while in Europe. This is a solo trip. Being single, I fail to realize one of my days in Venice falls on Valentine's Day, potentially the worst city to be in as a tourist on that holiday. Any advice to take advantage of this? Take advantage is an interesting way to... Okay. I figure going to dinner <laughs> at a that. nice restaurant is going to be too depressing. I don't speak Italian, so I just try to hang out at bars. Yes. Is this a hotel bar restaurant day? Do you think any other people in similar situations will be out and about? Not my first solo trip, but seems like a new situation. I'm curious to get your thoughts on all right. Um, 
He used the Dirk comp, so he's got to be a little bit older, I imagine. Although it's not like Dirk has been gone for that long. So, it, you know, if you're younger, you just don't care. You know, when you're older, you might be a little bit more like, hey, how far do I want to go with this? Because it feels like you got to get some shots up. If you're talking about what I think you're talking about is crossing, crossing glances at some other solo traveler at a hotel bar who's also by themselves on Valentine's Day, which is a great opener. Like, hey, you're pretty picky too, I see. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't want to say like, oh, also a loser. No, spin it the other way. Be like, I see you don't waste your time with just anybody. How about a white Russian? My name's Sergey. Get it? So, Ah. you know, anyway, right, right. Although I don't know if the Russia stuff plays right now. So I would say that you're going to have to go to a lot of places to find that scenario for yourself. Because I, I still think whenever I'm in a bar, specifically in Europe, there's just not a lot of solo people. These aren't solo mission people. They are so social. They're always at tables. I touch more on likely this to New be Zealand a kid pod. there than there is like a solo person. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I'm not telling you being solo in the states is always the greatest thing. Europe, good fucking luck, bro. Uh, and wow. then on top of everything else, Venice. So, if you actually want to meet somebody, you're going to have to start like looking at the reward point systems that reward American travelers, and hope like I know why you're doing it. What woman is going to Venice by herself from Maryland what about on a Valentine's? Woman? Yeah. Wait. So, you, yeah, but he doesn't even speak Italian. I know. So there's, the a, there's a massive barrier there, especially when you're older. Look, if you're in your 20s and you're going to clubs, you're an American guy and you're kind of fun loving and everybody's drunk enough and you buy some drinks, you just sort of hang out and amoeba into the whole deal. It's, it's more than doable. I'm not saying it's super easy, but it's totally doable. You start pushing late 30s, early 40s, don't speak the language, and you're by yourself. So you go from like, hey, what's up with that guy? To Is he a mercenary? All right. Um, speaking of firsthand knowledge, you'd be like, are you, what are you, like in the military or something? Just kind of hanging out. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah Black, right. Blackwater. <laughs> like, no, I just, I think I like hiking and I've tricked myself into it as a hobby. Uh, you're you're going to have to go to like hotel bars, likely only. Um, maybe a cafe here and there. But, you know, this isn't, this probably isn't going to be Ocean's 12 for you, man. I don't know. The beginning I think, you, scene, should, Brad I think you should rather just find out during instead of, uh, instead of throw caution to the wind. I think you find out. You can always go home from a bar. That's what I've learned. So, Yeah, but they're always together. They sit at picnic tables. They're 12 to 20 deep, okay? They're always together, and they're having the best time, and they're just drinking their beers, and they're smoking their cigarettes, and they all seem to know each other. You've got to be a fucking magician to pull off you not being awkward in that setting or you stay sober and go out really late and then catch up with everybody else as opposed to awkward drinking all day long and then putting yourself in a spot where everybody's like, get this hammered American guy away from us. Yeah. I I don't think the, like the chasing young Venetian women is really going to work out for you. I would say, I mean, again, I wish I knew how old you were, but if your best chance for success and what I think you're looking for is like, can you just find the college bars around there? Like how can like, is that a little bit easier for you? If you're in your late twenties, it's probably fine. If you're in your mid thirties, that's a little bit yeah, more creepy. Um, a little creepy. 
but that's that's going to be because there's definitely going to be there's going to be girls studying abroad there. The, who knows? Like you'd probably be pretty successful. But if you're a little older, that's kind of weird. Where so, do you think solo male ranks on the uh, on the League of Nations out there? Like, is that solo male American? Do you think are we still like a one seed? Do you think or have we dropped? What are you asking? I mean, like you're a solo male American in Venice, right? Like, I don't know. Like, is it better to be a solo American dude in Venice or like? Dublin, well, I guess you could speak the language. So I'm like, France, probably not. I, I thought fr- thought the French are pretty tired of us. I don't know. I, these are just all stuff I've heard. But I'm wondering, like, is that is that a good spot to be? Like, is that an attribute? Or is it more of like a, a not an attribute if you're there? The anti-American thing is far more of like a Parisian thing than it is a, a countrywide thing, at least based on my experience. But then you'll even have people, like when I was in different, different parts of France, they're like, dude, Parisians don't even like us. So that's a, that's <laughs> okay. a Paris thing. <laughs> So they may, you may go there and feel like an asshole and I haven't spent any time there. So, but from what I've experienced, like going into it being like, oh, is everybody going to be a dick or whatever? I didn't, you don't even notice it, at least the places that I've been. Um, Italy felt like there were more people there. Um, I mean, Dublin was a layup, like Dublin, I got invited to go to like a late night, but I had a seven hour flight to Hartford the next day. And I just went like, and I was out by myself. It was actually my birthday. I had a 23 hour layover in Dublin from Naples. So they didn't un, I checked a bag and they wouldn't let me get it. So I had to go to like a fucking convenience store. All I had was one change of shirt. I grabbed a hotel and then I walked around Dublin. I checked out the university, which was really, really cool. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to take in all this music. And it was, it was awesome, but it, it feels far less foreign than other places I've been. And then I ended up at some club that was inside of the hotel. Like I was like, ah, I'll shut it down here. It's in my hotel. It's not that big of a deal. And I was playing it pretty steady because I knew I had that long flight the next day. And then these guys were like, no, 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 we're going to this thing. Like, but the thing is, like, Dublin closes early now. Like, guys are telling me when it used to stay up really, really late, the fights were just out of control, which was the least shocking part of my uh, research while I was there. So, Australians just seem to kill it. I'll tell you that right now. Those guys have superpowers. They can go anywhere because they just. I think so. They're rowdy. You're right. Yeah, they're rowdy enough. The accent is cool enough. Um, it's hard I don't, to check I don't up on their stories. Yeah, nobody's You're quite like, sure. Yeah, you where probably it is. did that. You probably did that. Right? <laughs> Yeah. I feel like we spent a lot of time on this one with zero answer whatsoever. Should we just move on to another one? Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, dude. Good luck. Okay. Maybe this will be easier for us. 27 years old, 5'3", 140 pounds. Not many gym stats, but huge cardio guy. Currently training for a half marathon NBD. Poor man's Marquis Teague. Oh, I like that. Uh, what's up, team? Huge fan of the pod. I'm having some major problems. Marquis Teague, like the brother? He didn't even, not even Jeff Teague. (laughs) Yeah, but he was supposed to be a big deal. Yeah, he was supposed to be a really big deal. Um, But he was not. But I love the the humility. Um, Let me preface this with uh, I'm not really the confrontational type. Back in October, I moved in with one buddy. Let's call him Nico. And then his friend from work, let's call him Drake. Or wait, are these lyrics? Kyle, you're my lyrics guy. I don't think so. Making sure. I'm your, by the way, I'm your like, 2000 to 2014 lyrics guy yeah this just was getting just in case trying. there was anything yeah <laughs> kyle would be all over it <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh that's from the game second cd yeah that's lloyd banks uh, yeah sorry <laughs> lloyd banks underrated anyway don't derail this, uh, don't derail this steve <laughs> sorry i, w- I was prior living on my own and um 
living on my own and paying way too much in rent for my space. So I asked Nico if he wanted to move out with me, and he said yes, claiming Drake was also ready to move out. The Drake thing throws me off a bit here, but let's keep going. Now, after months of haphazard looking with the two, we finally found our place. We're moving into a three-bedroom. Uh, we were moving into a three-bedroom, two-bath, pretty sweet spot. It was further away from work for me with the amount of money saving on rent, splitting it three ways. I really didn't mind. Time to pay rent comes around, and Drake has not paid his amount. Nico is way closer with Drake than he was with me, so I asked Nico to handle it. Nico reports back that Drake claims he got into a really bad car accident and is having some difficulties paying it back. So I try and be fair and cover him for the month. All right. Well, we already know this is a fucking disaster. A few more months go by, and now we're in the present where Drake has not paid a penny for rent or any utilities. I've had to cover him for months now, and I'm paying significantly more than when I was living by myself. This has become a major point of contention for myself and Nico, where I'm now telling Nico if he's not going to handle this with his friends, he needs to split what I've paid with him, where he claims he's, uh, his own financial struggles. I'm growing more and more concerned Drake will never pay because anytime he's pressed for the money, he claims issues with Zell Venmo payouts and what he should be able to send versus what he can send this day. Well, here's the thing. Venmo doesn't limit you at zero. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> sorry dude it might be allowed a, to send a shady thing if you can't use venmo right now it's probably because you were fucking around really it's yeah. worse that's, that's also or you're that's lying. an even worse sign yeah. or you're lying i've had a few venmo transactions where you go hey like i can only send this much today and then you, you're gonna let me clear it out where i can but when it's when you've had zero coming in for multiple months and he's still yeah. blaming zell and if venmo you can't, if and you can't send 900 dollars, that's because you're fucking around or you're lying and you don't have 900 dollars. it's not well clearly he's a deadbeat and he's lying yes. and he saw this as an opportunity to get away with this shit and i don't even know why right. we're getting an email about it because you already know what the answer is and i don't know what answer you expect to get from us so let's just finish every conversation is met with some sort of emotional backstory as well too by the way if you got into a car accident while you lived with him and he couldn't pay rent wouldn't you be more aware of this that's said car what accident? i was gonna ask like, is there any evidence? Does he have a, some bumps and bruises on him? Like, what's going on? It's like his doctor's appointments. Have you seen him? Imagine not getting a car? car accident. Imagine <laughs> saying, hey, I can't pay, pay rent. I got in this nasty accident when you didn't. And just being like that aggressive with the lie that you're like, dude, terrible, terrible accident. He's like, well, where's your car? Be like, oh, we got it fixed already. Like, I'm broke. It's like, this is like <laughs> two days ago. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> I don't think you would be here, man, uh, but I also can't be held responsible to cover for this guy. I'm not even friends with. Any suggestions how to move forward would be greatly appreciated. Yes, fucking stand up for yourself. You're getting Break played. This, this guy's lease. lying to you. Yeah, bounce, leave. I mean, your name is probably on the lease. Try to find a way to get out of it. Fuck both of these guys, especially Talk to the Drake. landlord. Yeah, like say, hey, like I'm trying to pay. Like These guys are playing around. I'm trying to get out. Break the yeah, lease. Yeah, I mean, you might have a, like, there's no reconciliation here. You are getting absolutely taken advantage of and if this email is real um the fact that you had to email this to us where it makes it think that you don't really know how you should play it or what the conclusion is is probably maybe even more alarming and why this happened to you in the first place but this should be although a costly lesson now this should be a major lesson in your life where you go okay i mean shit like this happens to everybody yeah. But I really don't like that you're even asking us. There's there's only one move. Look out for yourself. These guys don't give yeah. a fuck about you. So why are you even remotely understanding of any other scenario other than the bad one? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys pay your rent if it's like, you know, if you guys send your portions in or if it's like, you know, they give you the money and you and you send in or whatever. Because that my my 19-year-old apartment situation was we paid our rent separately 
Um, yeah. So he like wasn't paying. So the the landlord came to me and he's like, all right, what do you want to do here? It's like, this guy's not paying. You're paying. Um, like, do you want to break this lease? And that's how I got out of it. But, you know, so I looked at it that way, but then he wasn't paying his, uh, you know, electric half. So I was like, well, if he's not paying it, I'm not paying it. So I, <laughs> I ended up leaving with like a thousand dollars to the electric company that I was like, wait, what do you mean? So, but that's me being 19. But if it's like, if you guys pay this separately, you just don't cover it. That's cool. But if they're like subtenants and it's a whole thing, like you just have to find the fastest way to get out of there because it's going to cost you less money if you break this lease than if you just keep hemorrhaging with these two bums, you know? I would say very, very few actions are off the table. Yes. Other than like beating the shit out of them or committing a crime. Like you can do kind of whatever you need to do to get out of the situation. And I think the easiest one is talk to the landlord, say, I'm trying to pay, but like these guys are giving me the runaround. I'm trying to get out get ahead of the situation, make sure you know he he knows you're the good guy and hopefully he has like some sort of conscience and kind of helps you out a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, stuff happens to all of us and you learn from it and hopefully you learn from this, you know, like, look, man, the, the, the living situations when you're young and you know, you're just like, oh, hey, I know a guy. I'm like, oh, this is great. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's great. And then, you know, it's just so rare that especially when you're having three or four guys live in the same place, and you don't know each other, you know, that's one of the great things about college is if you had, you know, decent enough of a crew or there was some satellite dudes, you know, shared uh, electrons of friendship where you were like, oh, you're going to that city or whatever. Like there's at least some commonality about it and, and you feel like you're going into it. But when you go into these things completely blind, you know, I don't know what the percentage is on, on it, but you know, there's just a greater chance for this kind of stuff happening. But you you trying to figure out like, hey, I wonder what's going to happen. Here's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get screwed the longer you stay in this. Yeah. There's no, he hasn't given you a dollar and he's still walking in the apartment being like, hey gang, how's your day? Right. Like, I, I can't stand that person. That would be okay. Like, I would be so upset. Fist clenched. If I was, <laughs> when you right, hear that fucking was, keys jingling, you're like, oh, no, but God. I'm talking about like, say I was in a financial situation because I have been in that before. I think there was a stretch like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can say I was cut off, but I was, I was basically cut off for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, guys, like, you know, you're in college. And I was like, I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to cover rent. And, you know, then, you know, the guys are having a meeting about you. Um, but what I wouldn't do is be like, oh, this is sweet save 400 bucks this month because of these dickheads. Right. I just couldn't ever get there. I would feel terrible and I would find a way, which I did. You just got to find a way. And this guy doesn't care. I mean, you didn't even mention if he was working or not. So, all right. Uh, how about one, one quick one here? Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. I can't believe how many parenting ones we have lately. This is crazy. This is crazy. Don't, I guess I'm not going to say well, We're going to keep reading them. What yeah, we, I know. I'm just, it's crazy who is like, <laughs> I wonder what these guys think. Put the, put, put their heads together. Well, I, I don't Unless know. we're I, talking toddlers, right? Infants. I mean, I don't really know what uh, we could do other than like cousins and sisters, babies or whatever. Like what the, what are we supposed to do? All right, we'll do, uh, we'll do this gym one because, you know, I might want to save this for, uh, there's a guy I want to have. I want to have a specific workout life advice with our Chad Wesley Smith guy. I got to have him on. We just keep, I just keep forgetting to send out. How about we do that? Um, All right. If you have workout questions, life advice related workout questions for somebody who actually does it and trains NFL athletes, 
Um, he's a beast of a guy and he's been super nice to the show and super nice to me, invited me out for a round of golf where I just changed my shafts and, you know, did not play well. It's the worst round I played all year. Uh, not that I'm good, but that was pretty fucking embarrassing considering I think I was playing with a guy who had the course record on top of everything else. So that was fun. But, uh, let's save all the workout ones for him and read one here. All right. Pick up hoop shut down by old head. Six two two hundred skinny fat player comp Kyle Anderson max bench Kyle Anderson do you think he's the most player comped guy It's the most one I've heard I think I really do I do think it's the most Max bench non existent in a bad way just left pickup hoops at twenty four hour on Saturday afternoon we hit fives and a few waiting for the next game a little over an hour into the run a dad showed up with his son to shoot around. When the possession changed, we crossed back over to their side of the court. He seemed stunned. We were running full court and just kept shooting. Whoa. After this continued for a few possessions, he disappeared. He came back five minutes later with the front desk guy, and they stopped our game. Front desk guy told us, 13 guys who had the court for an hour already, that if there were other people in the gym, we had to take our game down to half court. After pretty much everybody talked some shit to the dad, we ended our game, and everybody filtered out and went home. Looking back, should we have just waited for the front desk guy to leave and then go back to full court run? No. Should we have cut it down to half court, or were we right to just call it off and concede to the old head? Um, important note, guy appeared to not speak much English and definitely didn't understand pickup etiquette. All right, well, there we go. That's, that's what happened here. Wondering what you guys would have done in this situation. I have a feeling I know what Rosillo is going to say. Thanks boys. Love the show. P.S. Kyle, give blade my best. <laughs> He's going to love that. This kind of sucks because I do sympathize with the dad a little bit. I'm not saying it's the right call, but you know, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have a ton of time to play hoops with the son, try to figure some stuff out, let him shoot, teach him up a little bit. It's the wrong call. I'm, I'm telling you that it sucks. It's the wrong call. I would be mad if I was playing the full, but I do sympathize a little bit with the dad. Uh, this is like, I've seen a bunch of videos recently. I don't know why. Uh, maybe my algorithm is just showing a bunch of like kids on scooters getting just fucking wrecked by some dude coming down like a half pipe at the public skate park <laughs> and like and it's Wait. like some kid in the and it's like several different versions of it. it's not the same one i'm sure you've seen it there's a couple viral ones can i just say though once you go down that rabbit hole of watching a couple fucked up videos on Oof. instagram they just flood you with crazy content and then they'll give you the ones that are like you know you have to click to actually watch the video because it's like a warning label and you're like well what am i gonna not watch the I'm video not gonna now see what's behind the yeah. shade come on <laughs> It's a real slippery slope because now that's my whole feed is just like crazy Ugh. stuff that's happening. And yeah. I don't like it, but I'm like kind of addicted to it. My And I, this is not through me seeking stuff out, but it's just kind of my pie chart now is like, it's like fights, uh, cringe content, which I'm trying to get off. It's just like, I liked one thing that was like, oh, this is tough to watch. So it's that fights, uh, kids getting hurt and uh, drunk people <laughs> doing things and like uh, soprano stuff. That's like, it's like, and like maybe it's somebody from high school, you know, it's like, uh, I just try to stay off Instagram. It's all buddy from home in the mix. He's in the mix. Dropped yeah. into the tossed salad of content. Oh, there's uh, Brian. There you go. Yeah, look, I oh, he's smoking one Troy, again. Cool. Uh, mine's Troy Aikman peck deck routine now, just nonstop. <laughs> yeah. But Troy Aikman, there's like hybrid Troy Aikman accounts that I didn't even follow that are just all over me now after last week. So look, uh, I have no sympathy here. You can't do this. You can't do this. You could never do this. This isn't about fatherhood. This isn't about bonding with your child. Like This is absurd. The only thing that allows a slight out here is that the guy was just from another country. You said didn't speak much English, just had no idea. But what was he doing 
prior to when you guys are running back and forth to both. Like if he knows enough about basketball to want to shoot around with his son, I don't think that bought a ball that day. So right. did he did he know what he was doing and then told on you? Like people can get really weird with their kids at a run. Like I had it happen pretty recently where we were all getting ready to play and a guy showed up to like take his son through shooting drills. And we were like, what the fuck is this, man? And every no one was really quite enough into it to make a big stink out of it. And I'd already worked out. So I was like, whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. But for you gotta have some stones to sh- roll up where guys are ready to play full court and you're just gonna slam. No, sorry, we're like, we're running through drills. Go outside, especially in California. Like find a park. Yeah. There's a place to go do it. You know, older guys probably want to run indoors and not have to run around on the asphalt anymore. And you're going to do something like that. It's just really, really selfish. This guy may have been completely clueless, just not understood whatsoever. If your young guy's getting confrontational, then he thinks he has to go to the staff and the whole thing. The staff guy should have known better. I can't think of any gym that's real. And you said it's a 24-hour fitness where if people were running full court, that the person who worked there would be like, no, you actually have to let a guy and his kid take up the whole thing and now you have to play half court while all these people are waiting there's nothing worse than five on five half court it's the worst so uh even internationally like majority rules right i mean everybody like there's 13 people that want to do this there's two people that want to do that raise your hand do you want to watch remember the titans or do you want to watch titanic we're watching remember the titans again that's how it goes like i I, I don't understand like (laughs) at this point it's like it's it's just the, the eyes have it right so i'd I think he knew what he was doing. I don't think you can really, you don't want to make an enemy out of the front desk guy. I mean, some guys get a little chippy. They're like, well, guess whose membership's not getting renewed or something. Like, I know you don't want to do that, but I think somebody could have been like, hey, man, just for future reference, are you saying that like dudes have an hour and then all of a sudden one half goes to whoever's wandering around the gym and might like to put a shot up? So maybe it's good to, maybe it's good to level headedly go up to the front desk guy if he's the one who's always there. And then just be like, hey, I just want to get a clear understanding of what happened here because we're, you know, we just, yeah, what, we're, what's we're the standard? Like, what should we expect moving Do forward? Do we set a timer this, and then anybody who wants to run laps has to, you know? What I would not have done, though, is I don't think you want to yell at anybody in front of you. No, kid. correct. Because then the kid who doesn't maybe know even remotely what the hell's going on because his dad's, he's yeah. just following his dad's lead. Like, as mad as you might be, and I know I wouldn't love it, I would like to think that. Most people would be smart enough to be like, hey, there's still a kid involved here, so don't get chesty with the dad in front of the kid. Um, and it may be just a one-time loss where you go, hey, remember that time that that happened? Right. And then you go to somebody who actually like knows what the hell's going on and be like, you can't possibly think that that's a, the right policy. That no matter what, imagine now from, imagine me just wanting to get shots up and it's a full court game with like real dudes out there and I just start bombing away from three going, hey, dude, you guys are going to cut yeah, it down to half court. But it's different for you versus like the, the kid. Like, that's why I'm just I'm I'm trying to leave a sliver of something open for like, all right, maybe the guy thought about the outside thing. Maybe it, I don't know, something didn't work out with that. But like, if he wants to just go and get up shots with his son, have some quality, you know, father son time. Like, what's he supposed to do? Just say, hey, sorry, kid, we got to go home. Like, the kid's not going to play. It's not in the, the same court. thing, but it's it's the the act of, OK, defensive rebound outlet. They've now set up in the half court. We're good. Sorry, your game is now half court, mid game. What would chirping guy Steve? What would Quinn at PX Steve do? Oh, I would not have. I'm telling you right now, I would not have handled. Hey, this guy, well you lost at all. <laughs> but you know, now that I'm a father, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, what is it? What is he supposed to do? 
Because did you just go home then, the guy? Like, you just can't, you're just not going to be able to shoot around with your kid. Like, you're kind of yeah. shit out of luck. Practice chess passes over there. <laughs> go home. Go Let's outside. Do some chess passes, son. Get him yeah. maybe some treadmill work. Those yeah. are always empty. This is just cone days. Yeah, just, we're going to do cone drills, dribbling drills outside. We're going to go in the parking lot. We're going <laughs> to practice cuts. No ball. Yeah. Bobby Knight style. No ball. Yeah. <laughs> Find four other guys. Motion offense. Yeah. yeah Find three other guys. guys. That All right, would now, be awesome. Per- Imaginary number two guy. Set a Honestly, screen for him. If I, if you guys, after your run was done, you went outside and the guy was in the parking lot with his son just doing cone drills with no ball, I'd actually be like, you know what? Next time, you could have free reign at the court. I respect the hell out of this. I'd give him my sneakers. I'd be like, these are for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me know if you need a shooting shirt. Well, are you guys here tomorrow? I'll rebound for you. I'm willing to take one shot. Yeah. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Oregon. Ryan Russell Podcast. Ringer Spotify. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.